0: Welcome to The Shift Show with Adriana Bucci. Join me every week to learn all about narcissistic abuse recovery, healing from physical and emotional pain after the abuse, and everything else to do with toxic people and how they affect your physical, emotional, and mental health. And no, you are not the crazy one. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Let's get right to it. Hello and welcome to episode number 26 of The Shift Show. So today, I'm going to talk about the C word, closure, and how you will never get closure from a narcissist. So this is the number one thing that I want people to understand. You will absolutely never, ever receive the closure that you believe you're looking for from a narcissist or anyone in general, but... In this context, obviously, we're going to be talking about narcissists. And this applies to whoever the narcissist in your life is, whether that is a narcissistic parent or, you know, a significant other or a family member, whoever it might be, you are not going to get closure from them in the way that you think you're expecting to get it, right? So first, explore what you are looking for in respect to closure, right? Like, what does closure mean to you? And in an ideal world, what would them giving you closure look like, okay? A lot of the times with narcissistic relationships with significant others, they sometimes, at the end of a relationship, they will tell you that they want to talk to you for closure, to give you their closure. And I want you to understand that if you're leaving a relationship with a need for closure, okay, they're no, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. Any relationship where both parties, you know, they end amicably and whatever, like there's no going back for closure. It's just not a thing. It's just this relationship's over for whatever reason. We both agree to it. We both, you know, this person had their reasons for it and I, I have my closure, right? Even if it's, you know, a breakup that you're not expecting, um, you know, maybe they, they had a reason or whatever. Like, it, it, normal relationships end very differently than narcissistic relationships. I just want to make that very clear. And I'll probably do an episode one day about, like, the difference between a normal relationship and a narcissistic relationship because it's totally different um, <laughs> just in general. But when you're with a narcissist and you guys break up and whatever, you're probably going to be really confused about the breakup, um, depending on the situation. You know, sometimes a narcissist will just behave so badly so that you break up with them um, so that you look like the bad guy. And in that case, you kind of don't even really need closure, Um, but sometimes they will just out of left field, like oh, all of a sudden I see you as a friend um, <laughs> after you've been like not friends, obviously for however long you were dating, um, and like it'll just be something out of left field, and they start the devalue phase and the discard, and that that would be a situation where you might want some closure from them because it just doesn't make any sense, and you're trying to make sense out of it, and sometimes they will initiate having a conversation with you in order to get that closure. But what I want you to understand is that if this happens, if they tell you they want to talk to you for closure, it's only to try to manipulate you more and continue the cycle of abuse and keep you around for supply. Like you are literally being put in a situation where you are going to potentially be backup supply for the narcissist. Um, So just, please be aware of that. I know it's not what you want to hear if you're like recently broken up from somebody, but this is is their goal. It's a trap. It's a fucking trap. And I want you to understand that it is a trap first and foremost. And understanding that this is a trap will help you realize that, you know, you can't get closure from someone else. You have to create your own closure. And having a deep understanding of the fact that you cannot receive closure from somebody else can help you realize that closure is not even real. It's actually just a concept. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's not anything. It's just this abstract concept that we make up in our minds that, you know, maybe you think that closure is going to solve your pain, right? Because if you're looking for closure chances are it's because you're experiencing some level of emotional or mental pain where just having the answer as to why, why this happened, why this person is the way they are, that is painful. And a lot of the times answering that why is there is no why. It just, they they suck. Like they're a narcissist and that's just it. And even if The narcissist is a parent and they're on their deathbed. You're not going to receive closure from them. So if you listen to my last episode, I will, I can't remember if I said that like there was no deathbed apology or confession or anything. And I'm sure I probably spoke about that, but I'll just emphasize that there, there is never going to be that. Okay. So my mother was, she wasn't even there. Like she didn't even have her mind intact when she was on her deathbed and you know she she chose to live her life in a way that was very self-serving that was very much looking out for herself that was very much she didn't give a fuck who she was screwing over um, as long as she could get whatever it is that she wanted right and um, she made that choice and that's that's really sad that that's how she chose to live her life but at the end of the day, She's the one who made those choices for herself. She's the one who chose to alienate pretty much her entire family against her. She's the one who drove her only child away. She's, you know, she was who she was and she made those choices. And even though, like, she was not all there on her deathbed and the dementia very much altered her personality, um... And, you know, she had a massive heart attack as well. So there's definitely some brain damage that would occur from that, like the deprivation of oxygen or, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I'm sure that that can't be good for the brain either. Um, But she was very nice and very pleasant. And like when the doctors would call me for updates, they would always tell me like, oh, she's so pleasant. And I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) interesting. Um, But I understood that this was the disease this was the disease. This wasn't her. She was never a pleasant person. Okay. And understanding that it's this disease that took control over her brain that made her nice does not in any way, shape or form mean that she was actually nice and that she would have had the capability to, on her own, be a nice person and have some sort of coming to god moment like no like that that's that's the workings of a disease so if if you're going through this if you have a narcissistic parent who has dementia or is on their deathbed and like their brain is affected by some sort of disease like dementia like a heart attack like whatever could possibly affect their brain understand that it's it's a disease of the brain and it's not them actually being nice and trying to give you closure. I want you to understand that. And so for me, I actually created my own closure before any of this happened to her. I had accepted, you know, years ago, you know, initially years ago that like, she's not a part of my life. And then, you know, the minimal contact that we had, I still had my closure that like, she's not part of my life. She's not a person who makes my life any better. And she just is who she is. And she was already kind of dead to me. So, you know, like, it's pretty sad. But at the same time, that was what I needed to do to create my own closure to be okay with not having a mother as a part of my life. And this was well before her death, like, well before her death. So I want to encourage you that if you do have a narcissistic parent, you can create that closure before they even reach their deathbed. Just accept that, you know, this person biologically is my parent, but this doesn't mean we need to have a relationship, right? And of course, there's maybe there's legal stuff that you need to have like a little bit of a relationship and that's okay. Like, I'm not going to tell you that that's wrong, right? Um, because legal stuff is legal stuff. (laughs) But if you're able to maintain that very minimal emotionally detached contact safely, where your mental, physical, emotional health are not at risk, then that's fine. But if any of those healths of yours are at risk, you need to do some inner work to make sure that you can handle this because that's going to just make it so much easier for you when you process those emotions when you release those emotions it just becomes so much easier for you and then you can handle whatever the hell happens in the future you can handle with a clear head with a clear mind when they do reach their deathbed or whatever right and the same thing goes for relationships like obviously it's probably not going to be a deathbed situation with a relationship but when you do break up with that person and they haven't given you any closure, and like the breakup seems out of left field, or you know, the devaluing stage just fucking happened out of nowhere, and you're not making sense out of it. Like, that in itself is closure. Things that don't make sense is closure, right? If something makes that little sense, that's all the closure you need because closure, again, is just a concept. So, I want you to ask yourself these questions, okay? What does closure mean to you? How do people get closure? What do people generally need closure on? And how will getting closure from this specific person improve your life? I want you to really ask yourself those questions if you're struggling with closure. And then I want you to ask yourself if you really truly believe that you cannot move on with your life without getting the closure that you're seeking from that person, and why do you believe that, okay? Why does that person acknowledging what they did or apologizing for whatever they did, why does that get to dictate whether or not you get to move on with your life or not? You're literally giving your power away by relying on somebody to give you something that you can create for yourself. Okay? And I'm not trying to shame you for wanting closure. It's so normal. It is so normal. But I want you to ask yourself these critical questions. Because when we don't ask ourselves critical questions, when we're in a situation and we're fired up emotionally, that can lead us to taking irrational actions when we're in an emotional state. And then maybe we end up going to that person for closure, and the next thing we know, we're back in this cyclone of bullshit of narcissistic abuse, and we have no idea what the fuck hit us. So asking yourself these critical questions is so, so fucking important. I cannot stress that enough. And, you know, these are are questions that you could totally journal on, right? Like, just grab a piece of paper, doesn't have to be a fancy notebook, like I always say, and just journal on... Why? Why does this concept of receiving closure in a nice little shiny box with a bow on it which is not realistic but why does this get to dictate whether or not you move on with your life? Really, I really want you to deep dive into that question. And when you do journal on that question, you might actually not even know why you need closure anymore, (laughs) right? And then you might not even realize, you, you might realize that like, what the hell is closure even for? Like, it's so overrated. Like, what? It is just a concept. Like, I can do this for myself. Like, this person treated me like shit. And that's that, right? And you might come to find, if the narcissist has like, discarded you and like they're completely silent now and not answering you or whatever um, You might come to find that that's literally all the closure you need, (laughs) you know, and You might even come to find that only you can give yourself the closure that you're looking for and that you cannot reply rely on other people for it and this is so so fucking empowering and Here's another way that I want you to look at it. Okay. A thing happens and there's consequences to it. So, for example, a tree gets hit by lightning and it knocks over the fence. Does the fence have to ask the weather for closure on why it got knocked over? Or does the fence get repaired by the homeowners and it moves on with its life? The same thing goes for narcissistic abuse, okay? Someone narcissist, You're the fence, okay? (laughs) Someone narcissistic... Your emotions are the fence. Someone narcissistically abuses you. That's the fence being hit by lightning. So you're hurt and you get knocked over. (laughs) So you're hurt and you leave, right? And do you really need this person, the lightning, who's incapable of self-reflection or empathy to agree with you that they are a piece of shit and that they did hurt you and that they caused you a lot of turmoil Or can you see that the consequence was that you left the relationship, right? Whether that was your choice or not, the relationship ended because you were hurt, right? And that is that. And then it just gets repaired. Your emotions get repaired by the owner, which is you, right? You have the ability to... You know, feel through those emotions that you feel about this whole situation. You have that power. No one can feel your emotions for you. And the only way to heal it is to feel it. So that would be the equivalent of the house owners fixing the fence, right? So you need to express your emotions. And when you do that, there's less confusion in your head because then you can see the truth of the situation. Okay, so I just want you to sit with that. And I want you to also remember something very important that you can, in fact, trust yourself. Okay, it does not matter if it's a narcissistic parent, a family member, or a significant other. Your experience with that person was valid. The emotional abuse that you endured was valid. Trust your experience. Trust yourself Trust the fact that you knew it was time to get out. Stop making excuses for abusive people. You're, by seeking closure for, from them, you're also inviting them to give you more excuses so that you can continue gaslighting yourself so that you can continue being abused by this person, okay? You're not overreacting. You're not crazy. You're not dramatic. You had a valid horrible experience with this person and they made the choice to abuse you. Okay? They made that choice. It's always a choice to be abusive, okay? Some people say like, "Oh, well they had trauma and that's why they are how they are." Okay, cool. Uh you have trauma too, right? And you know better than to fucking do that to people. So, it's not trauma is not an excuse, okay? Trauma could be a reason why people You know, become narcissists. But at the end of the day, that's their choice. Like they decided that that's their priority getting their supply, getting their fix, getting whatever they need to get. And it's always a choice on the abuser's end. And like, let's look at it this way like, no one accidentally murders somebody. Like, a serial killer does not serial kill on accident. Okay. Like, that is who they are. And they, obviously hopefully get prosecuted for it right they get caught and they go to jail for life emotional abuse is obviously much different than murder (laughs) but i just want you to understand that a person who's a murderer makes a choice to do that to people okay narcissists in a way are emotional murderers they make a choice to manipulate they make a choice to fuck with people's minds in order to get what they want It's a fucking choice. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise that it's not a choice, okay? I don't care if they're acting unconsciously or whatever. At the end of the day, the narcissist is making a choice to be narcissistic because that is how they feel like they want to live and to get what they want. It's a control thing. Control is more important to them than how they treat people. And that's a choice so anybody who says otherwise is full of shit so I just want you to understand that and you left that situation for a very damn good reason and if you got left from somebody like that that's a blessing because you don't want that type of person in your life and now you can actually start healing and self-trust is so important And I want you to understand that you can make good choices when you're in a shitty situation. So if you left a narcissist because they were treating you like shit, like you did the right fucking thing, you absolutely did the right fucking thing, I promise you, I absolutely promise you, you made the right choice and you can trust yourself that you can make good choices when you are in a shitty situation and you don't need that other person to validate that for you because they they physically can't, like they absolutely can't because they will never admit that they're wrong. And that is on them. That's their choice to decide that they don't want to admit that they're wrong. So how do we get past this? All right? By feeling your emotions and doing the inner work, okay? So creating your own closure does not mean that you're not in any pain. You're probably experiencing some level of emotional pain if you believe that closure is going to solve everything for you. The real thing that is going to solve your desire for closure is releasing your emotions so that you can actually let go. Now, obviously, this is easier said than done, and it's not something that you're going to be able to do overnight. It's okay if you need help along the way. It's not common knowledge that we need to feel our feelings. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, I never in my life knew that you're supposed to feel your feelings i thought like feelings are never supposed to be felt and then there i was with chronic pain for four years and that was how i learned to feel my feelings despite having been in therapy for a while <laughs> before all of my chronic pain stuff happened um not one therapist told me to feel my feelings ever so you know i had to find this out from getting chronic pain but ultimately You know, now I'm able to introduce this concept into the narcissistic abuse world community because it's going to help you so much. Because when you feel your feelings, when you learn how to feel your feelings safely, when you get support to feel your feelings, right? Like, just because you need support to do something that you don't know how to do does not make you codependent. It does not. (laughs) You do not have to do this work alone. Like, there's no shame in finding a coach or a mentor or somebody who's been through it and come out on the other side, there's no fucking shame in that at all, right? Like, we all can support each other. And this does not make you codependent or like a not independent person. And, you know, a lot of people when they break up with a narcissist, it's like, Oh, my God, where did my independence go? And it's like, that, that's also a concept too, right? Like it's you're judging yourself. That's self-judgment, right? And no one wants to be codependent and doing the work is going to help you to not be codependent and to gain that independence back. But if you need support on it, that doesn't make you codependent. So I just want to emphasize that. So I will provide a free tip on how to start getting those emotions to come up because they're not going to come up the first time you just decide like, oh, I'm going to start feeling my feelings. Um, You need to work at it. So, you know, if you're not comfortable with letting yourself cry, that's okay because you don't know that it's safe to do so. So rage journaling is a great way of doing this. And I I probably mentioned this in every episode, (laughs) but basically 20 minutes every day, rage journal. You literally just have a old fashioned temper tantrum on paper about how this situation makes you feel, how closure makes you feel, what you think closure is going to accomplish for you, what an asshole this person is for not giving you that closure. Do that for 20 minutes. See where that goes. See where that conversation with yourself goes. And then you destroy the paper as soon as the timer is up and you do this for a few weeks. And then you're going to start noticing your emotions start to come up. And when you notice your emotions starting to come up, notice You know, instead of freaking out about it, because that's what we're inclined to do when we're so not used to doing this, notice where exactly the emotion is in your body, okay? And feel into it. When you feel into it without judging it, you can let it go. You can actually observe the intensity of the emotion going down. And, you know, this isn't easy. This isn't something that you're going to, it's not a skill you're going to learn overnight, but practicing. Practice, 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 right? So if you're not getting these results after like two days of journaling, that's okay. If you're not getting these results after like five days of journaling, that's okay. It might even help you to put a reminder somewhere that says it is safe to feel my emotions. It is safe to journal. It is safe to be human. Put it somewhere that you're gonna always see it. So put a sticky note on your mirror, put a sticky note on your fridge, put your phone background with that on there too right like just something that says it's safe to feel my emotions and that's going to speak to your subconscious brain at a certain point and you're going to start believing that it is safe so you know like do things like that and if you really really need support seek it out right there's coaches out there there's mentors out there there's therapists and counselors out there who are trauma-informed who are aware of feeling your feelings, they might be hard to find, but they're out there. (laughs) But, um, you know, seeking that support is going to help you to speed up the process and put things into perspective so much faster than doing it on your own. And you don't have to do it on your own, you can absolutely get support. And this is this is why I do what I do. So if This is speaking to you and you feel like you need to work with somebody one-on-one and you want to work with me one-on-one that is something i offer i absolutely offer one-on-one coaching so i will put the link to that in the description here as usual in my podcast descriptions and i also have a course called transform your pain it's 12 modules it's a self-paced digital course and it's a fraction of the cost of working with me and I've also included payment plans up to six months so that it can be super affordable for anybody to learn how to do this important work. So that is another option if you don't want to work with somebody. There, there's my course. That, that's the thing. <laughs> so, you know, feel free to sign up for that because that's an amazing resource. Um, I also have a book on pretty much the same thing, right? It's obviously a lot less interactive than the course a little bit less hands-on, informative, whatever, but it's also another option. So all the links to all these things will be included in the details of this episode, but I just really want to drive the point home that you don't have to do this on your own. And I hope this has helped. I hope you can understand that you create your own closure and I hope you understand that going back to a narcissist to receive closure from them is only setting yourself up for more abuse. I know that's not what you want to hear. I get it. But it's the truth. And I'm here to be honest. And I'm here to share my knowledge as honestly as possible based on my experience, based on you know what I observe with my clients. It's There's no closure with a narcissist. It's overrated. You got to create that for yourself. So I hope this has helped and we will see you next time.